one of the best quotes that he gave to me was, what is Lewis capable of doing, creating and becoming? Mm. And, and I've got a set of, you know, it's still on my whiteboard now and I, and I revisit it every now and again because I think that'll evolve as I, as I mature and as I get older and yeah. maybe my 30s will be different to my 40s. But I think that question is really relevant and it's for someone that, that's excited and passionate about exploring your potential, like what are you, what can you do? What can you create? Who can you become? My guest today is Lewis Roblin. Lewis has just completed five five-day, 250-kilometer ultramarathons across the world, all in one year, the first man to ever do this. During the conversation, we discuss Lewis's life as a professional rugby player and what led him to ultramarathons. This is an incredibly open and honest and vulnerable conversation on growth, mental health, community, and becoming the best version of yourself. This is actually one of my favorite conversations. Lewis's passion is contagious, and you'll be able to tell that during the chat today. I hope you enjoy. You must have had one of the most remarkable 2022s ever. You did five, five-day, 250-kilometer ultramarathons around the world for charity, which is absolutely unreal. And we're going to get into that a bit more. But what does life look like now after you've done that? So over the last couple of years um, since diving into this world, um I'm after the first one I knew that I wanted to make it a part of my life I knew instantly um despite what I'd experienced which yeah. was just mind-blowing um I knew that when I crossed that finish line I knew that I wanted more of it so over the mm. last couple of years life looks like now is I, I was I went from never running an ultramarathon or even a half marathon without getting injured four weeks before my first ultra to now two years later i'm an ultra running coach um and i'm able to experience these incredible races but also i will facilitate facilitate that same journey for others so yeah that's what kind of my life looks like right now in terms of finish all these challenges now it's now it's okay i've got i don't know at the moment i'm, I'm a sat around by 20 clients that can that I'm helping do the same, which is really fulfilling. Um, and again, we, I know you want we'll talk about rugby in a bit, but I, I never, I never had that feeling um, mm. playing rugby. Didn't um, you? No, no, I didn't. Um, I never had that true sense of fulfillment. Mm. Um, and uh, rugby is a team sport, right? Um, but I think. Yeah, I never really felt like I gave back. And I think, whereas now in this capacity where I know how much I learned from these experiences and I'm hearing the feedback from the, my clients who have done that, it's a really mm. overwhelming, it's, it's a really warm feeling um, knowing what they've gained from the process. So yeah, that, a, a long-winded answer to tell you what I'm doing right now, but that's where my focus is. No, it's quality. And you can see it just as we're talking, like how much you get from it and, and from following you. It's it's much more than the physical. You can tell it's definitely about the mind too. And it's it's the holistic element. But so take me back to who you were before running. You, you're a professional rugby player and you play for Wales. But take me back to that time in life, because that's very almost contrasting to the running world, isn't it? Yeah, so it's very, very different. Um, So I've played rugby all my life, really. I was a mm. I mean, well, she's grew up dreaming. Wales, of it? Yeah. 
Um, so from from a very young age, I mean, I started playing club rugby outside of school rugby at 14, um, 15, 16. I get picked up by the academy, uh, Dragons Academy. That was the region where I was from. And um, from 16 onwards, my life was three days a week training before school. Um, Tuesday, Thursday evenings playing in, in the championship for se senior rugby at 17 and just followed that kind of academy uh, professional process really where every year was a step up and level and um, eventually at then 19 I had my first appearance for the Dragons and um, along the way played for very very grateful to have played for Wales 18s and Wales 20s in a World Cup so I had some really incredible experiences really early on um, and that's really what the until I left the Dragons then and went to the English Championship when I was 23 um, I'm retired start lockdown that's that's what my my life has been like as a professional rugby player yeah why did you retire? Um, I became very aware early on of the finite length of a rugby career. Um, and if I'm really honest, I, I, I mean, I love the game. I love playing. I love yeah. the sport. But I was the type of person that enjoyed the analysis side of things. I wouldn't. I wouldn't follow rugby. I wouldn't be. Key, I wouldn't be one of those guys that would watch the games on the weekend. Like I had no interest other than playing it. Yeah. Um, but also, I think how you experience a few injuries and you realize how quickly um, the sport can end. And I think that changed my focus. Or it sh I had a shift in mindset where everything I did from, say, 22 years old outside of rugby was to set myself up for after rugby. So 22, I had a year where I had two nasty injuries and started um, my accountancy qualifications because that was the right thing to do. Um, <laughs> it's a sensible decision. Of Did course. I love it? No, I hated it. <laughs> Um, I remember I moved to Jersey and I, and I carried on my exams and I managed to secure like a one day a week um, job where the, the the company paid for my exams and it was all great and 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 I I'm, and I'm grateful I did it I learned so much um, but I never again I never loved it um, but the reason I retired then I think like I was talking about the finite you become very aware of the finite length of a career I had a nasty concussion at 25 years old mm. where. I was out of the game for three and a half months. Um, essentially, I took a high ball in the backfield, tried to step instead of giving it, and um, <laughs> and it was no fault of the of the player coming in to tackle. But he he came in high, his head hit me right in the in the temple, and I was out before I hit the ground. Yeah. Um, I had a seizure and oh, wow. I couldn't see single vision for two months um, out of oh, those wow. three and a half. I had the best care. I was looked after so well. I, yeah. I had the best care, and I made a full recovery. And the next year, I was probably the best physical physical shape I've ever been. So it was no, it was not as if I couldn't keep playing, hmm. but it was very much. I'd start every season, and in my mind, there'd be a, a little voice saying, "Oh, this is your last year now. Like one more year, and that's it. Like yeah. find yourself a job." But the but the problem was because, and I again, this sounds maybe arrogant, but rugby was my comfort zone. Rugby was easy. I knew it. I knew it inside out. I was good at it. Um, and even though. I had this pain or this niggle inside me that was like, one more year, I want to get out, I want to get out. I think the pain of change was greater than the pain of staying the same. Mm, um, I like that. So one, one, more, one more year was, was easy. It was the easier choice. And, yeah. and I convinced myself that I was, I was lucky to be where I was. And I was, I was, I was so lucky. So there's this internal battle that I, that I, that I dealt with for, three years um really until eventually lockdown came about and in my mind right that's my sign that's my sign yeah 
and, and even lockdown, even lockdown, I almost didn't do it because I, I actually signed for, for Blackheath. Um, I signed for Blackheath to play like part time, semi professional for a year to make that transition. Um, and I trained for a little bit, and they were amazing. Like they supported me. Without going into too much depth, the um, in lockdown and, and the whole um, oh, what was it called? Oh, what was it called when everyone was off work? Oh, um, oh, I can't even think of it. Feel like that's the one. Yeah, unfortunately, because I had one year left on my contract, um, I didn't do too well in the furlough. So, and um, Blackheath were very, very, they were amazing in, in terms of supporting me. So, I felt like I owed them something. So, even I was that close, but it, it got to the point where eventually I was like, do you know what? I was doing the ultra running. I was trying to train rugby as well. And, and it just didn't, and it got to the point where I had to make that decision. I had to, for the first time, really confront, because I have a big thing um, with, Go on, we're get, we're gonna get deep here. Um, Let's go deep. <laughs> yeah, I um, I grew up wanting to fit in, and yeah. the idea of any confrontation, like on confrontation on the field, it's fine. It's a controlled environment. Someone runs at you. It's, it's almost like a one-on-one confrontation mm-hmm. where it's 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 controlled. But mm-hmm. I, and and if anything, by making that big hit, it, you're in with the lads more because like that validation of a big hit raises the game and it's like yeah. oh no, yeah oh. and that that was part of my game that I love but confrontation when it came to having all horrible conversations with people that were uncomfortable that meant that you could potentially fall out with someone I avoided all the mm. way through my career so again that was um and I've had a, I've done a lot of work on myself I've funnily enough the ultra running um was one of the catalysts to um, speaking to specialists about this type of stuff um, mm. to better understand myself and 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 I know where it comes from I think but um yeah I, I avoided that conf- confrontation I avoided that conversation until eventually again the pain of change the pain yeah. of staying the same the the pain of staying the same was stronger this time so and that was my way out and and when I when I had that conversation it's the classic like it. Mm. it's almost like eating a frog um it's slimy it's horrible like the bigger the frog the more horrible it is but when it's gone there's that relief mate rugby's a really interesting one i completely resonate with what you said in terms of how hard you hit how many tries you score how well you play it's completely measured on how much validation you get the way you make friends the way you socialize it's a really interesting one and i definitely for a period of time measured my self-worth on how well i played and Yeah, it was just a really bizarre period. And I just don't think until you leave the environment, you can see it. You become so engrossed by it. And, you know, there's a period of time which really, well, it culminated in me not playing anymore. I just played on and on with injuries. I don't know what it was, maybe an ego thing, but I just played on with injuries because I thought it was the right thing to do. Mm. The situation blinds you, doesn't it? Because you're so focused on on where... You don't you don't think about the the losing the friendships at the moment. You've just just got this drive. You've got this something inside you to tell you that you you. I don't know. Maybe it's the ego. I, I think the the, the ego that has be, a part yeah. to play as well because like you don't want to be the one not to play because because you're injured or you're perceived to be soft or weak. I mean now we're now we're getting into that territory, but um, there's all types of different psychologies that, that's at play. And and you're right. You don't learn that until you're able to look at it from like a a wider you know from a wider lens like big picture and, and understand okay why did i do that 
Yeah. Why did I do that? And and that happens as like after the event itself, doesn't it? So. And I think it's that that thing when you're in your early twenties or your late teens, you you crave an acceptance. You're in that rugby circle. I don't know. I don't know if it's a Welsh thing or if it's a general thing. It's it, it's a looking back now, you it's a very vulnerable spot. I think like that that people do find themselves in, and you know we could go down a massive rabbit hole here with like injuries and stuff and playing with the injured and you know is it is it right or wrong, but. It's just interesting. As soon as you take yourself out of that situation and realize that, why am I doing these things? It, it completely flips it on its head. Yeah, no, it does. You, um, and that, in that moment, in the t- that is, that, that is aligned with what you want to become. Like that, mm. that everything in your body and mind is telling you that this is what I want. Yeah. Um, so you're just chasing it blindly a lot of the time, but that's maturity with maturity comes a better understanding of yourself. And, and I mean, when were we ever taught in school to think know, about mate. why we were doing these things? I know. Um, Just to add on to that, as as you went to Hip Hop Go Deep too and share some of my own story about rugby. So when I was 22, things were exactly where I wanted them to be. I just finished playing for Wales students in rugby league. Really wanted to win, you know, Welsh honours. And I managed to do it. I was named to the Wales A side to tour Germany. And I had real hopes of making the World Cup the following year. And around that time, I was offered a contract. It wasn't like Super League or anything. I think it was Championship or League One, if I remember rightly at the time. But it was amazing. It's something I really worked hard for. And I remember getting ready for a training session. And this was the time I was playing on through so many injuries. And I just thought, oh, they're just part of it. You know, it's part of playing rugby. You play on with injuries. And I didn't think they were that serious. And I remember getting ready for one session. And I had this searing pain down my hip and my back. And I thought, what was that? This is awful. And I remember getting through this session, I was limping around. Luckily, it was a non-contact session. You know, even then, I played on through injury because I just thought, what's what a man does? You know, because it had been conditioned into me. If your leg's not falling off, you play on. And in hindsight, now, that's that's a really, really bad mentality that's still happening in sport. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Um, So I went to the doctors, had some scans a few weeks later, and I did discs in my back, my SI joint, and I had to make the decision to what to do next really either add an operation which they don't really do much anymore uh the doctor said it, could, it might not be that effective or heal and go back and see how it goes but one bad knock could be back to square one or worse and the doctor said have you ever thought about children in the future I said yeah of course he said well imagine it now in a few years time you're picking your child up do you want to be in heaps of pain and not be able to do it or do you want to be pain-free i thought wow that's a huge thing to think about and i made the decision that day you know there's more to life than sport and I remember calling my mum and I was obviously emotional I was crying because you know I had to stop playing rugby or I made the decision to stop um but it's one of the best decisions I've made I really believe it it was really tough at the time because I felt like a loss of identity but it was definitely one of the best decisions that could have happened um but yeah it doesn't make it uh any less difficult does it what did that like how did you manage that at the time that's actually my next question for you as well. Like when you finish rugby, because I think we resonate a little bit with this was identity. Mm. That was the biggest thing. I didn't know who I was. I, mm. you know, it was 22, 23. I didn't feel I had the emotional maturity to really know what I was doing or handle it. Um, and, you know, I just, I just became very down. I went to the to start off with, it was all about recovery. Then I started feeling better, just mm. went to the gym all the time and needed an outlet. I needed to be busy, but overly busy to fill that void and I realized like that's what probably got me into this now like 
why do we compensate in other things? Why are we trying to fill voids? You know, so for mm. me, I struggle probably with identity. What about you? That's interesting because um, you, you're almost like you're trying to fill that void, but you don't know what it is busy all the time. But you don't know why. There's no intent behind it. Yeah. So I, I, I can relate to that. Like for me, um, I, I say lucky. I, yeah, and no, I was because my last season, um, this. Do you know what? In terms of like stepping into who I really was, I, I don't think I really was who I. Let me be clear here now. <laughs> so it's going to sound a bit strange, but I think I molded myself into a person that I needed to become to fit in as a rugby player. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm a sensitive. I'm a sensitive bloke. Like mm. I, I enjoy music. I enjoy singing. Like we're Welshies. We love that. Like, like I, I enjoy that side of things, but. To be that sensitive and stuff, I felt like I couldn't be truly myself in a rug because you get ribbed for it. Mm. So I, I kind of anyway. But in 2019, my girlfriend and I went to Bali for a month, and like before going to Bali, I, I, I mean, we're gonna get I, I used to eat meat and stuff like that, and my girlfriend's vegan and mm -hmm. started eating how she was eating and and enjoyed all of the food and watched. A bunch of documentaries. I know I've, we've gone a little bit off topic with rugby here, but this is this is quite a big part of my journey because I felt yeah. like we went away and I ate vegan for the month and I loved it and and I came back and I decided to continue now. And I, this is my last preseason as a player. Like, so this was pre this is twenty nineteen pre lockdown. I'm still playing like professionally for the Blues, for yeah. Blues. And um, I chose. I was. I'm gonna. I believe in this lifestyle. I, I love the values that it, that it, that it upholds and it it was going to rub people up the wrong way but I still decided to do it so I, th I feel like that was that choice was the first time I kind of started to step into who I really was yeah. um and off the back of that um journey to Bali fell in love with bloody coconuts um <laughs> and and started a business um back in the UK to try and recreate the kind of feeling that we felt out there um, a sustainable business, e-commerce, selling coconut bowls and coconut cutlery and coconut candles and all this type of stuff. Very, very like random. But um, it was like I saw an opportunity and I was ready to. And it was part of me that was like I, I, I knew in the next couple of years I need to set myself up when I was going to leave rugby. And I knew I didn't want to be standing in an office all the time. So I'm like, right, I'm, I'm going to start something for myself. So I went headfirst into this. I was spending probably four or five hours a day after training on this business and, and in three months I developed a brand uh, and a business selling coconut balls. <laughs> um, nice. So that fast forward then to lockdown because I'd had that business of maybe six months at that point when rugby had finished, I still had a focus. Yeah. So I still was able to apply myself and dive headfirst into, into the business, which was a really, it was, it was, it was good for me because I had a focus, but at the same time, the business wasn't doing as well. I, I mean, I was selling eight pound coconut balls. You know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> I'd have to be selling thousands a month to be for it to be. But, but in terms of a learning experience, it was fantastic. Like I learned so much; it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But I was giving and giving and giving all of my time, all of my energy. And I don't, don't get me wrong; I was making connections. I was doing collaborations here, here. I was meeting people. Like it was, it was great. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the return, I wasn't making any money from it. So okay. with these financial pressures of, of the furlough and the business not giving me anything in return, all of a sudden I'm 
and I'd, and I'd taken some like taken some loans out to start this business because I, I I was going all in. I'm I'm a as you can probably tell I'm I'm all or nothing. Like that's my personality. Yeah, I like that. But like I'm in. Yeah. Um. So what kind of happened? Looked at. I had this focus, but this focus wasn't serving me. Um. In terms of like it, the end, the, the the energy return wasn't right. I wasn't getting what I put into it. So that okay. started to like create this negative feedback loop in my mind and it was kind of another it was another sign that i wasn't good enough like and i failed oh, my wow. i failed my rugby career because i never made it to where i thought i had the potential to be for whatever yeah. reason um and then and, and i learned all of this on reflection but at the time and then i think it was another reason it was another thing i, I wasn't good enough I, I couldn't make it work i, I wasn't successful so then um so that was that was post lockdown then what happened is that it was really sad actually because steph was meant to run the london marathon and this is my first introduction to any sort of running challenge so yeah. lockdown comes about um firstly we've got no gym equipment so i start running anyway because i love it first run i go out is a half marathon injure my ankle so spend the next four weeks like slowly reintroducing it again because the only thing i could do um <laughs> running the business but then steph was meant to run the london marathon that april um for alzheimer's research uk um because her granddad sadly um had alzheimer's and, and it was at the time he he passed away before the marathon was going to be but she couldn't run the marathon for him anyway so it was quite tough for everyone at the time and i thought well, yeah. i need to do something about this because i was living with her parents at that point i moved out of bedford down in with her and her parents i thought i need to do something about this so i read can't hurt me by david goggins yeah um and it really changed my perception of pain of what we were mm. capable of and and then i saw as a result of reading the book he has this challenge called the 4448 which is run four miles every four hours for 48 hours so i gave myself four weeks i'm like right i'm gonna do it and it just so happened that um jeff smith um, co-founder of Big Moose Charity, he had done this challenge just in the winter as well. So I, I knew someone that had done it, was really close to, who was already in, really inspiring as a person anyway. So I thought, I'm going to do the same as Jeff. I'm going to do this Goggins challenge. I'm going to raise a load of money for Alzheimer's Research UK. Yeah. And I, I'm going to give back. I'm going to do what I can to give back. It was the perfect distraction from the business. It was, it was an opportunity for me to forget about that part of my life for now, put all of my focus into training because I had all the time in the world, really, If because I had control over the business and what I did. I, I dedicated four weeks. I was like, right, I'm going to start by running two, four miles back to back and then three, four miles back to back. I just created this plan, really generic stuff over four weeks. And I was like, right, I'm going to do it on this day and I'm ready to go. I ended up working with the charity and I gathered a, a load of videos from them. So when I was going to document it on social media and I decided to document it on social media as well um, to try and raise as much money as possible, um, so every run, I kind of put up a video, um, a different story of someone that was suffering with Alzheimer's. So there was real yeah. intent behind everything that I did. And fast forward to the, cha the challenge I love. Like, uh, it was quite easy because I, in, because, and I, because I had the time to train for it. Yeah, I'd done five, four mile runs back to back as a training run. And I was ready. I was physically fit enough to do it. So mm. I, I thrived. I loved getting up at midnight. I loved getting up at 4 a.m. No one else was around. I had Goggins in my head. So <laughs> I'd be uncommon amongst the uncommon and all this. And, yeah. and it really drove me. But I ended up raising 10 grand in two days for our oh. summer's week to add to Seth's pot, um, which then totaled about 20,000 pounds. So 
I've just done this incredible challenge. It's been the perfect distraction. It's proved that actually I I, I am, I, I can do these things. I, I, there's this self-belief that came, this confidence that came from doing something like that. No, not many people have done that. So I, there's all of these like tick boxes um, and I raised a load of money and I gave back and I was helping people. Wow. Like this is, this feels good. Like this is aligned with who I want to be. So that was the first time that I'd really, I really like running and really lit me up. I, and I found something in myself. And also team sport is interesting. T love team sport. I loved, loved, loved having players around you. You win together, lose together. I love that aspect of it. But the idea of success in a team sport is very different to like running. Whereas in a team sport, you can have the best game in the world and lose. Of course. But you can have the worst, you can have the worst game in the world and still win. So there's this like, complex idea of success it's a team thing which is amazing but with this running like i was the only one accountable mm. to whether i i won or lost or i succeeded or failed like so this yeah i, I love that aspect of it and um so that was like yeah the first time running had really gave me something and, and the, the return from it was just phenomenal raising all that money it was just it just felt great um and off the back of that then I had nothing planned. Um, so it was back to reality, back to the business, back to facing those demons again. And it that it was hard. And it was, I don't really remember how I dealt with it, but I just knew because I had so much to focus on when I went back to the business and I needed to focus on making money and all that. It just, I, yeah, I don't really mem remember much of that time. But then another, thankfully, two months later, that August, I was ready for another distraction because I was starting to get into that zone again where nothing was happening and I was yeah. being negative and, and doubting myself again. And all of that confidence that the game started to started to fade. Um, and luckily uh, a friend of Steph's, Dr. Hannah Tarsley messaged her and, and said, does Lou fancy it? Does, does Lou want a challenge? We, we you know what that, how, you know how that goes. <laughs> like, of course I want a challenge. And little different, this was about four and a half weeks before this event. And I didn't know what the event, do you know what? I didn't even know what an ultramarathon was at that point. Um, oh right but I had four and a half weeks and the challenge was 125k ultra marathon um over two days in the peak district with four and a half thousand meters of elevation I never even ran before I'd never run like a half marathon in one go without getting injured like I I had no right I had no right to say yes to this thing <laughs> yeah it was the perfect it was the perfect opportunity um because because I had no right to do it it was like my ego was going mad like my ego was like if you can do this mate if you like you'd be the dog bollocks. yeah if you can get through this yeah like, yeah so yeah i had four four and a half weeks to train for it and by hook or by crook i don't know how i did it but um i managed to get through four weeks of training worked up to a 40 kilometer training run um didn't really still still didn't really eat and run i was eating raw almonds and stuff i didn't know what i was doing and i Got to the start line completely naive, so naive. Oh my god, so naive. What, what are the thoughts going through your mind then as you get to that start line? I had no idea what to expect. Really, it wasn't like imposter syndrome, it was like you just don't it, know. It was, it, it was it, again, it was this blind will. It's like being a youngster again and just being thrown in the deep end. I had this, it was this blind will to, mm. and I, again, I wasn't aware of how powerful that was at the time i wasn't aware why i was doing it i didn't know yeah. why i was doing it i just knew that i needed it i knew that i needed to get away from or it was this i needed to i used it as an escape mm. it was an escape from reality of, of of this 
like the idea that I was a failure. Um, and I mean, day one was 75k, and it, it didn't go very well. I mean, I mean, I, I finished it, so it, did, it went partly well, but um, I'd never eaten and run before, so my guts were horrendous. Um, <laughs> without getting into too much detail, like nothing sat in my stomach, it either oh, went no. one end or the other. To the point where, to the point where, I had to duck out on the road, and I, like literally, it was this open road that I was so desperate that I had to just, I had to just squat on the side of the road, and I was that close to these two kids on like, bicycles driving up the other way. I was that close <laughs> to getting caught. Um, but so that didn't go very well, and I tore my calf on day one, um, like a like a grade one or grade two, but and 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 again, like. I've just, I've just been 75k so I had every right to, to finish I'd protect my calf and but it was just this I felt it was like a man possessed that I just needed to finish this thing I never felt anything like it and, and and still to this day having done quite a few now the last couple of years I've never had that same experience again in terms of that possession to just keep going forward mm. like it was um I remember crying my eyes out about 5k before the end on the, on the last day. Um, wow. There's one final ascent up to, um, I can't remember what the hill was called, but I remember getting to the checkpoint and there's 5k to go from the checkpoint, already getting a little bit, bit emotional. And I'm moving at snail's pace. Like I'm walking a lot and I'm just, but I'm just moving forward. Like it, it didn't matter what this course threw at me, no matter how steep the hill was. I just, it was this relentlessness to just keep moving forward one step at a time. Um, yeah. And I go and get, remember getting to the top of the hill and I could see the campsite in the distance. And I just burst out crying, just burst out crying. I've never felt like a wave of emotion like it before yeah. in my life. Just so powerful. So you can imagine this like 28, 29 year old bloke running across a ridgeline of the Peak District. It was a beautiful day in September. Loads of kids out, <laughs> loads of families out, walking their dogs. And I'm there, an absolute mess, just crying my eyes out they must be thinking what the hell is this guy <laughs> yeah um and i kind of composed myself then got to the finish and 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 yeah just four oh, just broke down um i mean so happy but just it was a mixture of elation and relief and those yeah. two feelings are like nothing i've ever experienced um yeah just powerful but powerful but yeah that was kind of my introduction into into ultra running and it was chance it was all chance it was all by chance like and it was it was taking an opportunity it was just a blind willingness to take a risk um i think opportunity will arises here there and everywhere and a lot of the time we have to just make that conscious choice to no matter how uncomfortable or how scary it is, just got to, if it aligns with who you want to be, then you just got to go for it. And that's, again, probably maybe deep down, I knew that without knowing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was cool. And some people, they would think, well, I've done a marathon now, I've done an ultra marathon. In your case, I've done 125k ultra marathon mm -hmm. in two days, but you actually decide to send it you decided to do i think the following year you decided to run five lots of five day ultras around the world in one calendar year for big moose charity so i'm gonna pack two questions into one there so mm. what made you decide that and secondly why big moose charity so um i think we've yeah so that was 20 so that's this year so what my first ultra was 2020 
and 2021 i did throw myself out a load of ultras mm. as well like january I had a 50k um i then uh did a 12 hour challenge with uh ben john um i think you might know ben from from the ospreys um, oh yeah yeah ben he he we did a, a 12 hour challenge um for head for change um two hours cycling two hours running around richmond park um i did it on a fixie as well that was funny um <laughs> But a week later, I had dawn until dusk. So I did a 90k run in a day around London. Um, then decided, and then 125k in uh, Scotland, and then a 250k five day in Wales in the August. So 2021 was pretty chaos as well. Yeah. I think, but 2021 was very much, that was my time. Because I, I mean, the business was going, but it got worse and worse and worse. So I needed more and more and more. So all of these runs, they were, they were for me, they were like, they were, they were reminders that I could still do these incredible things. Mm. Um, even despite not being successful somewhere else in my life. So, um, but yeah, so fast forward then until the end of 2021, um, I'd proven I'd, I'd, I'd done, a, I'd done zero to it, zero to hero. Like I did 250 K in, in, in less than a year. Um, and I suppose the next, what was next, it was, I'd done it for myself. So back in 20, so back when I did my first ultra, I kind of skipped a little bit as well here. So back in 2020, when I have to do in England, the first one, um, this was, that was my first experience of like a post ultra blues. And um, I had no idea it was coming. I had no idea this high really high high it's typically followed by a really low low it's like this body's your body's way of bringing about an equilibrium um yeah. and i think there's there's a biological process involved as well but it's it was perpetuated by the fact that this huge surge in dopamine was followed by a bit of a low period so it's natural to have that anyway but then i had to go back to the reality and face those facts again and, and what happened is that during that low period it actually got a lot worse despite doing something amazing, which I, it didn't make any sense to me. And I remember having a phone call with um, Chloe from Big Moose. And, and we, we'd we known Chloe and Jeff from Big Moose. We met them New Year's Eve in 2018 by chance. We went to the coffee shop. Um, and we become really close. Jeff's a professional ice hockey player. I was a professional room player. We clicked and Chloe's an absolute superstar. Both amazing. He'd done Everest and MDS. So my mind was like, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah. He's he's big part of both of them, big part of uh, part of my inspiration, why I'm doing what I am today. Um, but I remember having a conversation with Chloe, just a catch-up, and she picked up on something that was wrong. And I don't know what I'd said or what it was, but she said, you know, um, you know, Graham, Graham's here if you need him. And if you need help, you just need to all you need to do is ask. Mm. And uh Graham's the counselor that works for Big Moose. Um, so Big Moose provide therapy for those that need it, early and timely intervention for anyone that needs help. And um, yeah, so they, then what happened is Chloe said that do you need, if you need help, it's there for you. Instantly, no, 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 shrugged it off. No, I don't need help. Of course, I'm, I'm fine. Like I'll just pass in a couple of weeks. There's no, no problem with me at all. Um, and what happened after that is in the two weeks, I actually got a bit worse. And I'm very, I'm very grateful that I did this, but I um I actually reached out for help before it got to the point where it got dangerous. And 
yeah again i was i was never at any risk of doing any harm to myself or anything like that but um yeah i'm i'm kind of great i'm grateful that i reached out before that point and i can look now and see it as a sign of strength and grateful that i did it but um i reached out for help and in those months following from december to march 2020 um graham helped me turn my life around he helped me make sense of all of these things that had happened in my life he made helped me make sense of my rugby career and essentially gave me the, the tools to to manage my emotions i suppose and to mm. see what i achieved and from a different perspective um rather than seeing it as a failure seeing it as something to be proud of and to take the lessons from it this kind of big picture thinking so and that ultimately has changed my life. Um, so when, here we go. So I'm a rambler, mate. I'm really sorry about this. You're no, this is quality. Yeah, I love it. This guy talks too much. Um, so as a result of that, I, I feel like I, well, I do. I, I owe Big Moose so much. I owe them everything that I'm doing now is is as, is a result of that, mm. that time. Um, the introduction, meeting them, Graham, the whole thing is, is essentially down to those guys. Um, so... 2021 happened and then 2022 right i've got to give back to big moose what can i do that no one else has done <laughs> that's the, that's the, the voice back yeah yeah well what can i do that no one else has done and most of my races um well all, all of my races that i that i did in 2021 were, were with a company called ultra x who i also owe a lot to because um they were kind enough to give race entries for free so they allowed me to experience these amazing like races and learn this much about myself mm. and they they provided that for me so i asked them has anyone ever done that they have they have races all over the world a phenomenal race company they have shorter distance races in, in the uk in scotland england wales and then they've got a series of five day 250k ultra marathons all over the world so sri lanka slovenia um jordan the desert mexico and the copper canyons and i said has anyone uh, has anyone ever done all five of your 250k races before? And they said, "What do you mean, like in general?" Or what? I said, "No, in in a year." <laughs> and they said, "No, no one is stupid enough to even think about doing something like that." Um, and so that there it is. That it was born. That was that was then incredible because no one had done it before. Yeah, uh, that was then the idea for 2022. Um, and it was this big five, the five two fifties, to try and give back to Big Moose and to raise twenty five grand for the charity. Um, yeah. What else was your why during that decision making? Obviously, you wanted to do it for Big Moose charity because they helped you out and and they provide amazing work for for mental health. But in you you said there that little voice, you know, it, it could be the ego. Was there something else where it was like, I, I don't know, where, where did it come from? Do you think? There's this fascination with trying to discover what we're really capable of. Yeah. Um, and again, that that comes from like the the go like the goggings like goggings, but again, it took so much from that, and, that, and that's really stuck with me. But it's exploring what we're like our potential is. It's living life to to its fullest. Like mm. I was able to like these races. Not only was I going to do ultra marathons, but I was going to see Sri Lanka. I was going to see Slovenian mountains. Nice. I was going yeah. To the desert. You know, it, it, it's it was. I was trying to align everything that I was passionate about, that I cared about, like my, my self-development. And I knew how much I learned. Every single experience, you learn something new about yourself. So yeah. there's this fascination with how good can I become? Like, 
one of my in fact that that kind of one well, one of the best best things that graham said to me we he spoke a lot about be so good they can't ignore you um yeah and one of the one of the best quotes that he, get, he gave to me was what is lewis capable of doing creating and becoming and, and I've got a set of, you know, it's still on my whiteboard now and I and I revisit it every now and again because I think that'll evolve as I as I mature and as I get older and yeah. maybe my 30s will be different to my 40s but I think that question is really relevant and it's for someone that, that's excited and passionate about exploring your potential like what are you what can you do what can you create who can you become um and that was another reason why I wanted to do this race series because I, I, I was about to experience so much more than just the running like because mm. a lot of the a lot, a lot of the experiences ultra marathons like the running is one thing and it's amazing and, and and going to those places where others are not willing to yeah you've learned the that's where you that's where you learn a lot about yourself but you learn more from the people and in fact it's, it's the people that makes these experiences that that much more special um it's this it's the shared this shared experience in a multi-stage ultra marathon is so special because you don't need distractions. You're not worried about what social media is doing. You're not worried about anything other than the race. It's, it's just, they, they, yeah. they strip, they strip you of everything. Like they strip you of all, all ego. Like if anyone turns, turns up with an ego on day one, by day two or three, it's gone because yeah, they're, humbled. They're, <laughs> yeah, you're humbled by the the route, the course. Um, but you spend genuine quality time with people, and they, these are people that are from different aspects of life, or like. They could be accountants, they could be lawyers, they could be people in all, all walks of life, different ages, different abilities. But you connect because you're all in it together. And, and it's interesting because we talk about the idea of a team sport. The multi-stage experience is like being a part of a team. Because mm. you really, you're not competing with anyone other than yourself. And every interaction you have is a positive one because you want that other person to succeed. It's um yeah, it's it's it aligned my passions for team sport with my personal self self development seeing a new place with connecting with people like genuine connection with people it's um yeah there's a lot to be said about like the idea of a multi-stage ultramarathon and that kind of what it what it can do for you i think um yeah it's hard to put into words a lot of the time and i'm not i'm not the best with 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 doing that but it really does it really does change you. It humbles you and it makes you very grateful. I, in fact, a lot of the times I've come back from these events because all you have access to is water and hot water and cold water. Yeah. For a week, you eat de dehydrated food. Um, you don't like, there's no showers really, um, unless you're lucky. Um, so you're, you're grubby all week. You're, you're running all day, every day. Like you're, you're stripped back of everything. So when you come home, you've got this new, found sense of gratitude for like the little things like i remember coming back from slovenia um and slovenia was brutal it was the first time i'd seen mountains like that before and climb mountains and been on cliff edges like that it was oh um <laughs> really exposure Whew. but uh, i remember in, coming home and being like, emotional about going for a morning walk or having a shower or eating my porridge in the morning wow this is in that period, like a few days after, where you've had this high, high, and I yeah, of course, coming now. You know, this low is coming, and it's during that low that if you can, yeah, I it, it's it's weird how there's this new found sense of gratitude for everything. Um, Just gives you that perspective, like from talking to you, and I guess that's why I wanted to ask that question, like what was your mindset going into that? Because the, when you first started, it was 
as you said earlier, it was more to escape and prove to yourself mm-hmm. that you're not a failure. And and it sounds like with this year, 2022, it was you were doing it to see how far you could go, or, or as you said, who can you become? And it was like a real positive, and it was all about growth. Yeah, I think my first when I first got into it, I was going into it blind. I was blindly, I was escaping. It was it was escaping. Yeah. I I didn't want to face real life, so I, I needed a way out. Whereas 2022, my the awareness that I had, I was choosing to face it head on. Mm. It was a conscious choice, and I knew what was coming. So it was like I'd reframed it in a way that I know what I'm going to get from this. I'm choosing to face these demons head on, like I'm actively getting therapy. I'm actively doing these things, and I'm facing them head on. It's just like that confrontation that has always held me back. I'm confronting these things. Um, which is really powerful. Like that shift is really powerful. Um, but I think I, again, I'd be, I get, I think I'd be lying if I said that I still wasn't trying to run away. Not that I was trying to run away. There was an awareness towards it, but I think there was still an aspect. I'm still, I'm still pro- trying to prove to myself that I was good enough. It's still, yeah. it's still there. The voice is there, but it's just a lot quieter. Mm. Um, and maybe that reframing was just another mask. I don't know. Just a quick thank you to one of today's podcast sponsors, Unlimited Beer. Now, Unlimited Beer offer alcohol-free lagers and IPAs. And honestly, since trying them, I know I'm supposed to say this, but I genuinely mean it. They're incredible. I cannot taste the difference. If anything, I prefer the taste and flavor. So if you're looking to cut down on alcohol or even quit for dry January or quit permanently, I implore you to check Unlimited Beer out. They also do regular discounts too. You can find them at www.unltd.beer. I hope you enjoy. So it's the start of 2022. You're getting ready for these challenges. How's the training been? Like, what, what what's your mindset like? Um. So I worked with a coach um, mm. who was fantastic. He a guy called Luke Tarbersky. Um, he actually came on the podcast the other day. And we were having a similar conversation. Oh, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. He was, he was able to guide me. Um, one of the best things I learned from Luke was that less is more. Mm. Like we, each race that we attempt, like this, it was never, it was never about one race. Like it was never about like the, and it kind of conflicts with, with what I wanted. To, it kind of conflicts with my mindset because really, because if I'm going to go and attack a race, mm. I want to, I want to beat my full potential. So that's that's where my mindset was. But he was able to flip it and reduce the risk in terms of right okay if you want to finish this thing if your ultimate goal if your ultimate challenge is to raise the 25 grand and to finish these five races over eight months then you you can't get injured you can't get injured so how it's almost like what was the minimum effective dose for you to be ready for each race to complete them and then the last 5k of mexico then you can go for it like that last 5k that's your opportunity to go and empty the tank but five 250ks i didn't know what that felt like i didn't know what that was required like we it was a it was a a cons it was a it was going to be moving all the time like it it was the training to be fair i started training properly for it in the december Mm. and the initial training phase was about three months and that was probably the most intense training i did all year um and we worked up to probably 100k training weeks not a lot like not not a lot in the grand scheme of things considering that it's a 250k race um 
but the idea was that throughout the year the races were your were my training runs so it would be go to Sri Lanka 250k recover four weeks of basically just half an hour runs small training block to light up the body again taper go again and each run because the disc because the time between each run got shorter and shorter and shorter those recovery windows and the fact that my body needs to be in tip-top shape that was that was the most important factor um did i listen to him all the time no i didn't and when, <laughs> when i didn't when i didn't listen to him i paid the price so after sri lanka um steph uh, my girlfriend and i we went to Rhodes for a birthday and i felt so good like just finished this like race it in in the jungle it's 38 39 degrees 100 percent humidity it's the hardest thing i've ever done two weeks post race i'm in i'm in roads and i'm doing some runs and i've had this unbelievable physiological adaptation i i, I feel so fit like i can't believe how good i feel and i get caught in the trap so i start doing these runs in roads i'm doing these like 10k runs i'm running up to a monastery and back i did that three times about 10k and then i got home still feeling amazing went to the gym with with a mate of mine and when i was playing rugby i was well, i was much stronger than him and now that he's been doing crossfit for a load of years guy called luke davis he's a living legend um he's now a strong bugger so i got caught in competition my ego got the best of me and one of the things that luke said he said look your ego when we start this process your ego is out the door it's nowhere to be seen you your ego comes into it and you put yourself at risk of injury and you're not going to do this thing so mm. but because i felt so good I got caught in this trap, got in the gym session, was doing some power cleans, did too much weight in the gym and uh, ended up getting tendonitis in my knee for four weeks, which meant no. that pre-Slovenia, Slovenia was probably seven weeks away and I had four weeks of doing no running because I'd, I'd not listened to, <sighs> I'd just been complacent. Um, so there was, again, the amount of lessons that I learned throughout the year, I, I, we could be here for hours and hours talking about the lessons, but like, Luke was Luke was fantastic. Um, and what was going through my mind, I, I was just absorbing, I was absorbing as much as I could from him, but also um, trying to quieten the voice in my mind that wanted to be like, win, not not winning races because I, I'm I'm probably never going to win like races like that because the, the guys that are professional that they're just it's phenomenal, but I want to be as, as I want to be as good as I can be. Um, but that wasn't the point. So that was an interesting battle for me. Um, knowing that I couldn't train as as well as I could. I, I couldn't be as good as I could be for each race. It was more of a case of finishing. But um, yeah. yeah, that's it really. Was that one of the hardest things you experienced throughout that year then you'd say? Was that the picking up that injury and having to just, I guess, carry on? It was... Um, it was... It was scary because the whole the whole year. I mean, I, I fail one. I, I mean, I don't finish one race, and the whole year's over. So yeah. it 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 definitely. Um, I learned quick. Let's put it that way. I learned did you, quick. Did you feel pressure? Yeah, I think. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Pressure from at least internal. Like it's pressure. I put pressure on myself. Like we're. Yeah. You you'll be exactly the same. You say you're going to do something, and it, mm. to do something that that scale, like you, and to tell the world that you've done it, like you've held yourself accountable, but you've told the world you're going to do it as well. And and I say the world, social, like I mean social media, like yeah. not that I see it, but you've you've told your close friends, the people around you, the people that you care about, what they think, like, 
and I, again i'm a people pleaser so i care far too much about what other people think and i'm still trying to get over that that's another thing that i'm trying to learn but it's just um i felt a lot of pressure so any any it's the same happened in sri lanka though like day two of sri lanka because i'm we're over, we're built because of our sporting background. We're overly competitive with ourselves and with the people around us. So if there's a race, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. Mm. Uh, and also, I felt like I also felt like I wouldn't be doing the challenge justice. And I don't know if this makes sense, but I wouldn't be doing the challenge justice if I hadn't have gone as hard as I could in each race as well. It was like yeah, it was. And maybe that was right. Maybe it was wrong. But. I felt like if I was going to race, I needed to race and I needed to do that race. I needed to be as good as I could be. It wasn't just coaxing through the motions with each race. It was like every every race I had, every opportunity, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to work as hard as I can. So but day two, I had this same, uh, in Sri Lanka, I had this same um, kind of fearful feeling where it, 6 a.m. we started because of the heat. Um, we had maybe a four-hour window before it got to like 38, 39. And... Um, Decided went out with Leon. Leon um busted in, ran a lot of the race, or basically most of the race with him. He's a phenomenal guy. Um, but we went out 6 a.m. We're like, right, we're gonna get as much done in the first four hours as we can. And we're do we're averaging like eight, five fifteen kilometers, and it's runnable, it's all flat. Um, but running five fifteen kilometers in 32, 34, 36 degree heat, 100% humidity, I overcooked it. I overcooked it. I remember hitting checkpoint four, four and a half hours in, 40k into the race. No word of a lie. I I thought the problem with the heat and the humidity, if you lose control of your core body temperature and that, like, and 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 like it's a dangerous place to be. Not only is yeah, it's a dangerous place to be because it, there's there's an immediate threat to, to your life without being too dramatic. Um, yeah. And I I was flirting with that. I was flirting with that balance. Um, and I remember sitting in that checkpoint for 25 minutes, sat in a bucket of water and I almost didn't get up. And all that was going through my mind was how I was letting everyone down. Wow. That was, that was all going through. All I was thinking about was how I was going to let myself down. How I was going to look bad in front of people, all of these negative thoughts. Yeah. In my At the same time, I'm glad because whatever it takes, right. In that, in that situation, whatever it takes, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what goes through your mind. No matter what motivates you at the, in that moment, that's what got me out of that chair. That's what got me up, back up, moving forward one step at a time. I can reflect on it and I can ask myself why that was the case. Post-event, yeah, I'm going to work on it. And I'm going to ask myself, right, why? how can I not be as negative in that moment again? But ultimately, that's what got me out of that chair. Um, and it was the fact that I was, I didn't want to let anyone down. Um, and that I would look bad in front of people because I said I'd do something and I haven't done it. Um, and it all, ego, still ego. Um, Isn't it interesting when we're go, really going through it and we're like really suffering or going out of our comfort zone, do those little voices just come to us? Isn't that interesting? It's so interesting. And it and it, cha it changes all the time. It changes all the time. Same, like the same thing happened in Slovenia. Um, Remember, I got lost on day again, day two, something about day two. Um, <laughs> I went 10K off on day two, ended up doing an extra 10K and an extra 600 meters of elevation. And that day was, six, was yeah, I ended up being 60K and 3,000 meters of climbing. Um, and it because we got lost right at the start, 
I needed to hit checkpoint three by the cutoff or the whole thing was done. And I remember oh. to get to that point, we ran across the Valley of Angels and that valley that we were running across the ridgeline the whole time. I know of a lie. We're running on a track cut into the side of a, a mountain. It's like a seven or 800 meter drop to one side. And I, I almost froze. Like I've never been so like frightened of death in my life. Um, and again, it, all the thoughts were negative. It was just, you're not good enough. And, and it's, 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 I hope one day that the driver is going to be something more positive, hmm. but in, in those moments, um, they, it was still um, other people's perception of me that was the driver as to whether I'm just keep pushing or not. You know, it's, it's interesting, really interesting. Anyway. Did that voice, yeah. did that voice quieten as, as the year went? I'm trying to think of different situations. Um, yeah, I think it probably did. Um, I struggled a lot during Wales in, in August. Um, especially on this time, it was day four. Day four, 65K, 3,300 meters of climbing, something stupid. But I don't know if you remember, in August, we had a random heat wave in Wales. Yes, um, I remember you doing it at the time, yeah. Like 33, 34 degrees, like... And I'd missed, so I was actually in second place in this race. I was with the leader. It was, it was a sh- small group of people. That's why I was in second. Um, and uh, <laughs> I remember checkpoint two to three was 18 kilometers. And I think Ultrex will say as well, it's, it's, that was too far. Like that was too far a checkpoint on a day like that to the point where they actually said they were going to re- recreate another checkpoint in between both so that there was another water station because it was just too hot. It was too hot. People were moving too slowly. It would take you four hours to get between that 18k because of the the nature of the terrain and the elevation. So they put a, they were going to put a water station in between. So I was like, right, nine k in between. I was keep, keeping checks on my watch. I was like, right, okay, nine k in between. I'm going to hit this water station, refill, and go again. And I had one and a half liters on me. And because it was so hot, and there was going to be a water station, I finished that one and a half liters at that nine k point. And the further I went. I was like, oh yeah, it's just gonna be around the corner. This this water station, it's just gonna be around the corner. Just be around the corner. Yeah. Never came. Never came. It got to like fifteen or twelve k or thirteen k past that point, and I was like, well, the water station is not coming. So I'm now empty with another two hours of running to do in thirty degree heat on a ridge line in like in in like in Wales on technical terrain. I'm I'm starting to panic. Um. And if it was early in the year, maybe I would have started to blame and think negative thoughts and um, maybe have, have more of a victim mindset. Mm. But I did change because none of that came into my mind. What's really interesting is that I became very, very hyper aware of my surroundings. I, again, I, I don't know why I became hyper aware of my surroundings. And instead of negative thinking, the worse, the more fatigued I got, the more dehydrated I got, the more delirious I got, I suppose, because I was delirious at times. I was getting dizzy running down the side. It was just so sketchy. But the more I admired the landscape, because it was beautiful, it was so stunning. So I drew my motivation, I drew my energy from the fact that, one, the landscape was beautiful. And I came back to, like, I'm so lucky to be here. Like it, I came from a somewhat of gratitude, but also the air this is what's funny the air tasted so good like it was it was <laughs> yeah. so clean all i was thinking about is like this 
this oxygen is giving me life. Like, oh my God. And I was just like, just breathing so deeply and heavily because that was honestly, it felt like it was nourishing me. Um, yeah, but that that was, so I think your point, from your point of, of does it, did it get better? Yeah, it, it got way better. It got like yeah. Wales was a turning point. Um, and it and, and I definitely became more positive and and throughout the year, um, which again is is quite cool and quite interesting. Um, but that was that was sketchy. Oh my god, that was it sounds it, mate. It sounds it. What what do you think was um? Well, it's it's hard to say. Probably like your favorite part of it all. But do you have like one or two where you just think you know that was just that was just my favorite part of the whole year. Um. There's moments throughout the year that yeah. they're all they're all special. They're all special. Like, um, like even because a lot of the times you'll think back to the hardest moments, and that they're the moments you look back on most fondly because in those moments you found a way. Mm, of course, like that, they're the moments that you learn the most about yourself. So you 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 almost and this comes back to I think where the power of this of this sport comes into it. Like I overcame an obstacle that was so so tough like i'm now a more resilient I, i'm a more yeah i'm a more, more resilient human as a result of those tough times and if it comes i love this idea i also love this idea of voluntary suffering like if i can voluntarily put myself in these situations and if i can learn to overcome them in controlled environments not not control but like in these environments where i'm choosing to be there then when they when these moments potentially arise in real life when I'm not expecting them I'm better placed to deal with them. Yeah. I, I love that idea, and so comes back to my point. So these moments where, um, for example, no water out of my control, the opportunity was how do I overcome that, mm. and I and I and I found a way to keep moving forward. So it's those moments you look forward to, uh, you look back on really fondly, but also just being at camp, the people, the conversations, the relationships that you build, but also the places that you see, like Sri Lanka was stunning. Sri Lanka was stunning. Um, we saw, I saw a python at camp. I, I was chased by a buffalo on day three. Um, Jordan, the desert, like we we slept on night, day three, 72K a day. Um, we slept out on this rock face that was just in the middle. And I remember looking at the sky at 4 a.m. And I took my glasses perfect, uh, purposely for that. So I looked up at <laughs> night night sky i saw about five or six shooting stars within about 30 seconds like it's just it's those little moments that you look back on and you, you remember so fondly and um to pick one of those moments it'd be impossible um mm -hmm. but i have to say that i do have a very i have a soft spot in my heart for um we haven't, we haven't really spoken about it but when mexico is cancelled um we, we ended up creating our own event um with 10 weeks notice and that that was a really special week because it wasn't a race. Um, so I do have a very special place in my heart for that particular yeah. experience. But um, yeah, it's, 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 to answer your question, it's impossible to pick out one race because each race has its moments. Um, cool. I particularly like the, the the last one that you you kind of posted and and shared on on Instagram because it was it was very unique to I think you and it was very unique to people who start running and it was it just kind of encompassed. Your, and, and from just talking to you now for the past hour it encompassed i think what you're about was inspiring people just to get involved and just run you don't have to be the best at something you just have to just be a part of a community and just it, it doesn't matter just just give it a go and just be you don't detract yourself from doing something just give it a go yeah. no it was um it was really special and i think this the idea of running for a higher purpose everyone in caps like everyone yeah. 
fed everyone. It's um, not about performance, is it? Yes, it was. It was not about. I mean, I mean, it was because people wanted to be as efficient and as quick as they could be around the loops. They wanted to finish as as quick as they, they as they as they could, but because there was no race, like no one cared if you were first or last. Like, I, I mean. To me, that week, it was all about people. And this, again, it comes back to what this sport is all about in general and what life is all about. It's all about people. Um, the idea that we're doing something, we're doing this for a purpose greater than us. We're helping others. Again, it comes back to people. And um, we had that like that experience as well. It was it was, it was was an ultramarathon. It was a most ultramarathon. We did 50K a day, essentially. But it was um, we had a bit of luxury as well. There were hot showers. Like, we... Um, there was a table in the evenings, a long table with a fire that people sat around. So everyone talked, everyone connected. And, and also what made it special was the name. We called it Why We Run. That created space for people to be honest and to, to be vulnerable. And as as you know, there's so much strength in being vulnerable now. Um, sharing your story for others to hear. We had we had a, um, a guy called Kevin, Kevin Weber. Uh, come and run the first day with us and he spoke in the evenings kevin was diagnosed with prostate cancer eight years ago was told he had two years to live he since ran fifteen thousand miles worth of racing all over the world and ice ultras and he's and he's legend still, oh it's it's he's phenomenal and he and he said a word he he said a, a few words in the evening to everyone and blew everyone's minds jeff jeff spent the whole week with us sam from ultra x the uh, race director was our race director for the week he spent the whole week so there was just this Every everything that I that experienced throughout the year, be it through Ultra X, through Boots, through Big Moose, the people, I I Grant Grant um Gregor who came to run, who I met back um in in Wales in 2020, and he came to run the last one. So it was a mixture of people that I knew and people I'd never met before, but everyone just connected. Everyone just connected. It was a um mate of mine dan 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 sybil he he volunteered for the whole week he's just run 4,368 um kilometers this year to represent um the men that took their own lives in 2020 like this is the type of people that chose to be there it's just mm. it was just phenomenal um, amazing people just phenomenal yeah um brings out the best in everyone the sport brings out the best in everyone because it just strips you back of everything you are who you are unapologetically. And I, I spoke earlier about having to mold myself into someone that I felt like I needed to be to fit in to like a rugby environment or into any environment really. That wasn't truly me. I don't feel like that in, in ultra running. I don't feel like I need to be anyone else other than just me, um, which is a, probably why I love what I do so much. Um, it's cool. That's so great to hear. And it, it, it's, it goes way beyond the physical, doesn't it? I think with ultra running, it, it's so much to do with, with your mind too and, and where it's at. And, and it's almost training that to, you know, I, I, I done a little bit, nothing like you have, you know, I trained for a marathon, I ran a marathon, but I found the, the, the hardest part was, was those long stretches of running where you had to just almost turn that inner chatter and inner dialogue off, whether it be positive or negative and just, be okay with just maybe not listening to music or not listening to an audiobook or whatever and just running and focusing on that. And it, it just made me think, wow, the, I, I don't know what what the, the balance is between physical and, and mind, but it's it's the best way you can train both. They're connected, man. They're completely connected. This is yeah. the idea of like and this, this I got this from Luke actually, and he might have spoken about it already, but part of these experiences, you no matter what you're feeling in that moment, 
like that is your reality and it's about accepting that as the new normal okay. and continuing to move forward despite what you're feeling and that could be your mind going a million miles an hour okay and it's again you, you it's, it's this idea, it's idea of like radical acceptance um you're accepting the moment for what it is because that's all it's ever going to be you can, sometimes you can control it sometimes you can't but if you can accept where you are and figure out how to move past that and move through that and move with that um it's running can be a spiritual experience as well like people use it to find clarity people use it to 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 explore how good they can be like it's just it's a tool that can be used however you want to use it um yeah it's um and it's so simple because everyone can do it yeah so simple um it's yeah it's, it sounds it, mate. It, it, so, sorry to put in there. Like, I just like what you said about the spirituality element. Um, I can't remember what book I was reading recently, and it was loads of Buddhists train like through well, not loads, but there's like certain tribes who train through um through long distance endurance. Like that's part of their training to see if they can quieten their mind. It, it's incredible. Yeah, no, it's really cool. It's really cool, and um. But also, like, I, it's, it's quite funny because in um, before Jordan, I'd never, I'd never listened to music and run before. And again, I think this is part of, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but I used to think that I still think that it's, it's running is amazing in terms of going in and learning about how your mind responds in these moments, that, and which is really true. But I never considered, I didn't want to listen to music because. I felt like I was depriving myself of the opportunity to learn more about myself, but wow. it's in, um, and that, maybe it's a bit wanky saying, that. I was like, I, I don't listen to music. <laughs> I just want to go in. Like it was, it's, it was a bit wanky. And then <laughs> in, in Jordan, remember day one, I absolutely, Oh, I classic every single race. I'm going to go easy on day one, easy on day one, every single day, day one, I'm off like the rocket. I'm gone. I can't, it, it's almost like, I've got, <laughs> Pent up emotion and you just want yeah. to go and you go and you look at your watch and you're like redlining for four hours you think oh shit that's not gonna go well <laughs> um, but yeah I, I was gonna about about to talk about Courtney DeVolta then I'll maybe talk about that in a minute but um music about 35k into day one um I took my poles out thinking the poles would be a great idea um get on the sand and whatever hardly use the poles my back was sore for carrying them and it was just, I'm having a bit of a strop. And I was in this negative cycle again, which I thought I'd got out of, but I was in this negative cycle. And um, I got to checkpoint four, threw my toes out the pram, which my poles, threw my poles out the pram. So I don't want them. I'm just going to go. So I started marching on. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to get, I could see a, I could see a long gradual hill, maybe 2K um, in front of us. And um, I thought, right. I'm just gonna get my tunes out. I took my AirPod for one, my AirPods for one. So I was like, right, I'm just get my tunes out, tunes out, and just go for it. Mm. I have never, I honestly, as soon as I put my music in, I put the song. So on my like songs, I downloaded the songs. First song in the playlist was uh, "Man with the Red Face" by Mark Knight. I don't know if you know if you know that, but yeah, it's yeah. like housey song, loads of saxophone in it, and it started. And as the music started. Because I've grown up around music. My mum and dad were in, were in bands. My brother sings. Like music's part of my life. It's part of me. I play a bit, whatever. Yeah. Um, and the music started, and I felt these goosebumps like rise up the back of my legs. 
up my hamstrings, up my back. And all of a sudden, I I had nothing at that point. Like I'd redlined for like 35K. I felt no energy. I was trying to eat. I couldn't. I, I was empty. But all of a sudden, I listened to music. And, I've, and my body just transformed. Now, I have no idea. I have no idea how this works, what chemicals were released, what happened. But I found something. Again, we talk about using tools and finding a way to move forward. Music is honestly a superpower. It was a superpower because I felt like I had nothing left. And then all of a sudden, I'm walking up this hill, music comes on, I have this euphoric experience of music, I start running. And I just start getting quicker and quicker. And all of a sudden, I'm in this like flow state where everything just feels like this euphoric feeling. I remember getting to checkpoint five and by this point I'm like running get to the top of the hill I've overtaken a couple of people said hello on the way past and I'm just like smiling I'm buzzing I'm like dancing and running and um I remember getting past this last checkpoint I could see the camps at the distance and I was like bugger I'm going and I I looked at my watch and I was doing like four thirties in the last four like k of, of of in the desert on the sand because I was just alive so I think my point was is like because we were talking about um, the mind and, and and whatever. There is so much more that we don't understand, but it's, I'm not going to make any sense here, but it's just, it was just another tool that I found like through music that you can unlock certain parts of yourself through different tools. Anyway, I just thought it was a cool story and I didn't make any sense, but. No, you did. You did. They're, they're, that, that's the interesting thing, I think. And and you put this on, on a post on Instagram. Well, I'm pretty sure it was you. I hope it was you for the relevance of this <laughs> conversation, but it's actually stayed with me. And it was, um, it was something along the lines of once we face our fears, which we've always kind of been maybe scared of doing or, or facing, why then do we, almost crave it crave that growth and that fear again and again it's it's aligning with what you're saying really is there's so much more to what we think we can achieve or do yeah some interesting answers to that as well i don't know any i, I can't remember them off, off the top of my head but everyone has their own way of framing it which is yeah. um which is really interesting um i mean for, for me it's it's again it comes back to the idea that this continual forward motion this continual exploration of how good we can become um who who can we become like what stories are we going to tell our grandkids like what, what legacy are you going to leave behind how many people can you help like all these everything that's aligned with your values like how how much good can you do in this world you know that that's um that's the kind of where i think where my head is at. and by yeah, maybe the ultra run maybe maybe the next ultra marathon it isn't that thing that's going to elevate me to the next level maybe, maybe it's going to be something completely different and it's also about having an, an open-mindedness to trying new things um as well but there is there is power in this this endurance not only for like your mind but for your health and your well-being and, uh, and just the the tools that you develop as 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 a byproduct of of training for something like this as well and finding the time time management skills like prioritization all of these things this um it's a really i'd, I'd recommend anyone like undertake something like this like you've done a marathon so you get it like it's the same thing training for a marathon it's it's hard it's a ruthless process um and you learn so much about yourself in training as well oh, i mean is it one of my one of the best things one of the one of the one of my favorite stories of, of a session i had i think it was uh it might have been training for um the five two fifties actually and it was a it was a it's a funny experience it was it's a, it a bit about facing discomfort and the idea that 
the more you face it if you if you can if you can learn to enjoy that feeling if you can learn to thrive in that feeling like i, I remember going out for a run it was cold it was bitterly cold it was pissing down outside and the last thing i wanted to do was go out and put my trainers on and get running and it was it, it might have been some sort of interval session i can't remember but it was a tough session and um managed to go through the motion go through the process i got changed i got my trainers on and somehow i opened the door and i stepped outside and i started running it was cold it's horrible it didn't i wasn't enjoying it like it's just oh it's just god just getting this done just get it done just get it done this negative mindset i remember getting to the to the main road and because it was pissing down my rain there's a load of puddles on the side of the road so as I'm like, and, and and where the path is, the path is a lower level to the road. <laughs> so you can imagine what's coming now. So I'm like running along, like face, like smacked ass, like not enjoying myself. <laughs> All of a sudden, car drives past, hits the puddle, <laughs> straight to the face, like muddy water, straight to the face. And in that moment, I had a choice. In that moment, I had a choice. And it was either lose my shit, get angry with the world, <laughs> Or this idea of accepting the, it's like radical acceptance, right? Accept it for what it is and just embrace it. Mm-hmm. And luckily I chose the right path and I embraced it. And it was like, right, okay, can't do anything about it. It's not going to get any worse. I've still got a run to do. Might as well just get into it. So I just start, I started running again. And that simple shift that like, can't do anything about it. Is what it is. It's not going to get any worse. Let's fucking go. Another car came past. Straight <laughs> to the face. And I smiled. And again, there's a power, there's a power of a smile. I think the smiles are really a, it's a superpower as well, because it kind of jolts that shift. Like it can really spark a shift in your mindset. Anyway, I smiled and I kept going. I was like, oh, that felt quite good. And just like self yeah. get myself going. And again, another one into the face. And another like, one. <laughs> every time, every time, oh, it happened four for four or five times. But it was like every time the car hit the puddle, I got more and more and more energized. So all of a sudden, I flipped this situation from being feeling sorry for myself, didn't want to go out for running, to getting absolutely peppered with muddy water to my face, to then being like, this is giving me power. Like yeah, that analogy, yeah, I like, like that. It, it's awesome. I remember getting to halfway. This is the best bit. Now, I got halfway in this run. I was out about run. Got to halfway. By this point, again, I'm just covered and I'm I'm really energized. I'm loving life. I'm laughing, dancing. I can't remember if I was listening to music or not. It's just my own thoughts. Probably talking to myself as well. I turned around at halfway and because I was like buzzing with energy, I was smiling. I was the run was better. The the, the quality of the run was better, which is a, again a byproduct. But um and I could because I was smiling, I was then looking at the cars head on and they started dodging the puddles. Wow. Because, because and, and it's just probably because I was smiling and because I was like, and they'd see me, I was running head on. I was like facing them head on, smiling, and they started to move the puddles. So that whole, this whole idea of like hit facing discomfort. Yeah. Not wanting to do it, like playing the victim and then being able to flip it on its head. I learned that in a training run. It was just as simple as going out for a run and getting peppered with moldy water and then <laughs> using it as a, as a way to to drive you like they're, they're, that's that's taking an opportunity you know they're, that where was the opportunity in that we can um yeah. we have the ability to like flip these situations in a positive way we've just got to, a lot of the time it's just choosing to do so um there's probably a, a step-by-step process in there somewhere within that story that you could probably replicate but it's just i think it's just a fun way to think about it um yeah i, I like that it's, it's the energy you give out though isn't it like, I, I love that 
That's what yeah. it's all about. And um, there's one thing I want to ask you before we get into the three quick questions before we finished. How has being a vegan like helped you in your performance, would you say? Um, well, I can only talk from experience. I'm not a nutritionist dietitian, and I can only talk from my yeah. uh, experience. So I noticed when I first started trying the meals with Steph is that I actually, I felt a lot lighter. I was enjoying the food. It was a bit different. Um, and I felt like I had a lot of energy and I didn't have any meat sweats afterwards. I wasn't, I didn't feel heavy or bloated or anything like that. And yeah. when I eventually made the shift after, I, oh, out in Bali as well. I mean, in terms of a place to do it, like the, the, the food was just out of this world. Like I didn't miss meat at all. I didn't miss anything because the food was so good. But then obviously coming home, there's a new challenge. I need to start cooking and learning how to do it myself. So it was a bit of discomfort to start with in terms of like, I couldn't just eat raw tofu. Um, and I was quite, I'm quite on it in terms of, I was quite diligent with nutrition. I'd been a pro for 10 years. I knew what to eat and I I was meticulous. And at the time I was tracking a little bit. I don't do it anymore because I don't think it's very good for us either. Um, that's another story for another time. But, um, but I found that the more color, so... I keep this as simple as possible. So I think what, what had happened is that I used to use meat as like the flavor profile of a dish. I'd have meat, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like bacon and eggs for breakfast, like meat at lunch, meat at dinner. And I'd removed that from the plate. But what I'd replaced it with was chickpeas or legume, uh, any legume like chickpeas, lentils, anything. And they're on their own. They don't taste good. So I'm adding the chickpeas, which contains the plant protein. It contains a bunch of carbohydrates as well contains a load of fiber so all of a sudden got more energy my gut microbiome is healthier but to make it taste nicer i'm adding spices so i'm adding paprika i'm adding turmeric i'm adding all these other things that are lighting your my like are lighting my cells up from a different level i think um and what i think literally what has happened i've swapped the meat out and just added an abundance of nutrients instead so and the byproduct of that was i was going into training and all this energy and I was in my performance, I, I never felt as fit as I'd felt that preseason. I was like 28, 29, like in the team sessions, I'd finished the team session and I was so fresh that I was like, I need to do some extras. Like I need to do some more strength. And I was doing extra sprints and I just felt like I was recovering quicker. I wasn't noticing any dips in strength. I was getting stronger. Like, yeah, I was getting rid by the lads, but I didn't care standard. because I was, I was, yeah, standard. I was, I was noticing like amazing benefits in terms of my performance. The other thing that was, was a good thing is I learned to cook. <laughs> I, I learned to cook. I learned to use different flavors. I used to learn, I, I was using garlic, I was using chilies. I was using, I was using all these different spices and I was creating these new things. So I was lighting up like a different part of my creativity using food. I love food as well. So I was cooking new things, but I was noticing these amazing benefits in my performance. So what, why, why did I need to stop? And um, Again, I'm 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 quite a I'm a sucker for podcasts, and the more research that I did, the more I listened to, um, the more it just, the more I was just like, this is this is this is the life that I want to live, despite what stick that I get from the lads, um, <laughs> and I, I'm still here for well three and a half years later, and I still absolutely love it. Um, I won't get into that any of it because I'm not a nutritionist or dietitian. I'm not going to get into any of that stuff, but just from a personal standpoint yeah of course I and I, I feel lighter i feel more energized i feel clear more i felt more clear in mind like it was just these it was just amazing um again placebo maybe 
probably there's always a placebo effect to these things it's real right so probably placebo as well but and and could i have done the same thing if i just reduced my meat massively probably but i'm all or nothing <laughs> yeah no I, i'm i'm exactly the same and that's the reason i asked it i guess for my own like my, my my own nosy curiosity really because it's like i see i I saw that you did a post about it and and how it, it helped you and made you feel like like you've just said there and I don't know it's just I I need to educate myself more on it like with cooking and things like that because I think it's the way forward personally um but yeah, yeah I no think, I just wanted to know what you thought yeah because um I also I also started a sustainable business so the more I learned about sustainability the more I I had to because I had a sustainable business mm. and it was part of the brand's values and part of my values. Um, in fact, I, I was more of myself through that business than I was, than I am on my personal page. I am now. I haven't really said that out loud before, but because <laughs> because I was able to operate behind a mask, everything yeah. that I believed in, I could I could live through as my be brand. Be that person, yeah. Um, be that person. Um, so it's uh, yeah, it was um, it was a really amazing learning experience for me. Um, and yeah. I, you're right in terms of education though. like i think before starting anything like that just educate yourself research and mm. find out whether that's something that can work for you um it aligns with my values so that's um that's 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 what it is no it's interesting no it's interesting how it like i thought that could affect your your performance positively right then let's get into these quick five questions which you can answer in one sentence or less so number one what's the best advice you've ever received or you've ever heard I think it's that quote that I told you about earlier and it's the um it's the it was when I was speaking to Graham the first time I had therapy um the best advice it was it's not really advice it was more like what to think about and it's and he said what is Lewis capable of doing creating and becoming and that has resonated me with me more than anything else um don't know why um but that was probably the best bit of advice mm. that I've, I've been given. I like that. Next question. What's it's quite a deep one. What's one thing you would change about the world if you could? Everyone's got to run an ultra marathon. It's compulsory. <laughs> You'd be popular. <laughs> um, no. Um, the one thing that I could change about the world. I think. Um, it's kind of on the, along the same lines, but I think yeah. it would be on more time in nature. I like that. I think, I mean, I, is that something that's going to like, is that changing something about the world? Not really, but it's, I think it's the more time that you can spend in, in I, it's an interesting one. The more time I've spent in nature, the happier I've become. Mm. Um, you it has an ability, to, it removes distractions in the same way as you are when you're out running, you know, mm. uh, you find a lot of clarity out in nature. Um, it's peaceful. And I can't really explain why. And I don't think many people can explain why. I know but what you mean. Part of who we are, I think. And I think it's addictive. We, yeah. So I'd say spend more time in the nature as something to change about the world. Cause we spend so much time on tech now and in way too much. Um, yeah, that's a bit surface level. I was not as deep no. as you thought. No, I, I like that, mate, because, yeah, again, it's if we're constantly watching TV or overworking or stuck in a box, then 
you're going to feel, I, I don't know, you're gonna, I'll say it is you're going to feel less human. And I find when I go out on the weekends and do like a walk or a trail run and then get in and have a cold, I don't know, cold dip in a lake. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's hard to explain. It's addictive, but it's okay. just like you feel more yourself after. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. You feel more yourself. Yeah. Um. So what is something you'd say to someone embarking on a new challenge now it might be ultra running it might be a new business or just starting on a new path what's what's a bit of advice or something you'd say to someone just gotta believe in yourself like it's self-belief like we are we are capable like we are way more capable than we think we are Mm. um where you find that self-belief from i don't know but if you can find a way to believe that you can achieve whatever you set your mind to um sometimes it's it's aligning with what's really important to you so if 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 you can align your everything you do with your with your values then that will go a long way but it's just believe and you can you'll achieve or whatever that's a bit corny but no not uh, at all mate yeah not at all belief's a big thing um so if someone's actually listening now and flip that question to well, actually, I'm quite inspired now. I've always wanted to run an ultra marathon. Lewis has made it sound really cool, but actually, I really want to do it for myself. But I need a coach. Can how can they get in touch with you? Um, they can send me a message on Instagram, which is just Lewis underscore Robling, or yeah. they can. I've got a website, and it's just uh, www. Um, no underscore. Um, but yeah, more than happy to answer any questions. I'm not going to try and sell you anything. If you just want an honest conversation about the world and ultra running, I'd be more than happy to have a conversation with someone. It's um, yeah, I'm passionate about it. If you can't tell already, um, you can but... tell, and it's good. It's it's really infectious because it's not just about running to you, is it? It's it's a whole lot more. No, I've, I've again, I've I've learned more about myself in two days in that first ultra marathon than I had done in ten years as a professional athlete yeah that's incredible and you you can you can tell how much you love it and how much you're helping people because of it i appreciate that thank you no it's quality what's um we we spoke about this briefly before recording what's next (laughs) um well it's not five two hundred fifty girls um it's ten um i'm going to focus a little bit more on um shorter stuff so this year i've had to say no to a lot of exciting things i I love the idea of doing a triathlon i love the idea of doing different um endurance events so i think keeping the races shorter i'm I'm doing 50k in scotland um in may i'm going out to uh to victoria in canada to do a half ironman at the end of may and i'm doing uh, a 50k in Eiger, switzerland in july other than that i'm open-minded i want to again I just want to have the freedom to be able to say yes to different events that I haven't been able to say yes to this year and to explore whether it's something I want to do again or uh, swim runs, triathlons, other high rocks events. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just this idea of performance and because um, even as a rugby player, I, I, I loved, I think I love the gym more than I'll ever be. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, and it, it yeah it it does it does light me up so what's next is a couple of races on the calendar um but more freedom to be able to try new things and explore different um types of events i think no, what about I you that. 
To be honest, I don't. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Um, I you know I wrote down a couple of goals the other day that I want to do, and and one of them is just I want to run the Yorkshire Three Peaks. I want to um try and run actually the British Three Peaks, but not from one to the other. I know people do that challenge and it's unreal, but you know do it like I ran the Welsh Three Peaks uh, a year or so ago and I absolutely loved it. Um, but but yeah, you know, and I got into a trap of of doing too many. Um, and I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. But now it's like. I want to do it again, just to just again, similar to what you've been saying, really. It's just the growth and just finds out a bit more about myself, I guess. But yeah, yeah. that's the that's the plan. Yeah, um, yeah, just do do a few events here and and maybe a triathlon one day, and and just yeah, for me at the moment, it's you know travel and just just enjoy and explore as much as I can. To be honest, that's where uh, again what we spoke about briefly at the start is just like if you can use this world of endurance sport to see the world as well as find yeah. out a bit it's powerful it's cool it is no it's quality lou thank you mate thank you for coming on you've been a you've been a great guest and it's 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 honestly it's quality to see someone who who loves what they do so much and it is infectious you can see it and it's it's quality mate so no thank you for being a great guest uh, i really appreciate you having me on and uh let's get a run in let's get a run let's in. get a run in yeah you'll hammer me but yeah, yeah let's do it <laughs> In May. Yeah, sounds good. Actually, we'll, I, we'll be sitting back down here. I bet you now we'll be sitting back down here in a year's time and you'll have done Leadville or Badwater, won't you? <laughs> uh, 100%. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You've got to read David Goggin's second book first. It's hard to get in those races. Like, it's really hard to get in those races. Then you have to do like two or three hundred milers or something beforehand in, like, in 24. I don't know. It's mad. Then the, ballot, then the ballot's really competitive as well, isn't it? So anyway never say never find a way <laughs> luke thanks again mate take care mate okay just before we finish the podcast today i want to mention and thank this week's podcast sponsor nature can is a carbon neutral vegan friendly cbd and wellness brand founded by the ex-ceo of my protein andy duckworth NatureCan's mission is to help millions of people discover products that help them lead healthier and happier lives from my own experience of trying the products, I found that the tinctures have massively supported my sleep and that overall feeling of calm. If it's your thing, go and check them out. Their website is uk.naturecan.com and use Tom15 for a discount. <laughs>